It's happy hour again from Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's NewOrleans.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limousine or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you. Because that's New Orleans and this is happy hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than we're all New Orleanians in a bar today, we're at the fabulous Wayfair on Ferret Street that has a check-it-out four-hour happy hour here every day from three to seven with half-price drinks and half-price bar food. Wayfair is on Ferret Street just a couple of blocks down from Napoleon. And happy hour is brought to us today by Door Furniture for the last 80 years. Door Furniture has been serving retail customers throughout the greater New Orleans area from its home base on Elysian Fields in the Marigny as well as the finest quality furniture from brands like Stickley, Century, and Flex Steel. Doors designers can come to your house. That's what I like about it. They can actually come to your home and customize stuff from slip covers to dining room tables. If you're on the North Shore, Door recently opened a second location in Covington. Door furniture is about as New Orleans as it gets. Andrew Duhon is back in back. New Orleans. How are you? How have you guys been? We've been good. good. Very good. I have to say also thank you to Strategic Resumes. If you want to sharpen up your resume... Your LinkedIn profile or other job search skills, get in touch with strategic resumes. And if you're going on vacation, you lucky devil, hmm. you can start going on vacation by checking in with Travel Central and Metairie. Oh. Do you know about Travel Central and Metairie? I don't. It's a travel agency. Have you ever heard of Travel? Lee Isaacson is here too. Hi, Lee. Hi. Do you know about travel agents? You would not believe that I just hooked up with a travel agent today. Come on. Isn't it great? It's yeah. the greatest thing ever because yeah. you don't have to actually sit on the computer and waste your fucking time doing that whole thing on kayak They're and gonna expedited. They're going to do it for us. And yeah. it's free. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, we use Travel Central Metairie. Who do you use? Uh, corporate Travel. Corporate I think that's travel. their that's, name. I just met sounds, with them this that morning. That sounds very corporate. Yeah. Are they corporate? They are. They are corporate, but they claim they get better deals because right. of how big they so are. So that is Lee Isaacson, and sitting next to her is Brian Held Jr. Hey, how's it going? Good. How's Brian Held Sr. doing? Um, I don't know. He's in Washington State, so... Really? Yes. When's the last time you talked to him? Um, 20 years ago. 20 years ago? Yeah. Is he still alive? Uh, as far as I know. Is he your dad? Yes. And you haven't spoken to him in 20 years? I, you, so, like, let's just dig into the, you know, the sordid past, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right out of the gate. That's quite an interesting that kind of a show. Yeah. I had no idea either. What, what well, ha- my dad is, uh, is an alcoholic who... Yeah. Divorce. My mom and dad divorced when I was two and a half, and I didn't see him from the age of six to twenty-six, and right. then twenty-six to now I'm forty-three. So, what happened when he was when you were twenty-six? Did he just show up, or did you go try and? I tried to find him, but right. I realized that there was no connection there. Right, right. I tell you what, I would suggest you do: take the junior off there. Um, to actually, scratch it off. No, because why? I'm the only Brian Held Junior on Facebook. How about that? Okay. You know, like it makes it easier. It's a very, it's a distinction between me and him. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's better. It's absolutely. better to have the distinction. Yeah. What's your middle name? Uh, Alan. And what's his middle name? Alan. Oh, shit. Right. Brian, Brian Allen Held Sr., yeah. Brian Allen Held Jr., yeah. So that's why, if you're a junior, do you have to have the same middle name as well? I believe so, yeah. It's got to be Lee, exactly do you the have same. to know about that? I Thomas know, says, yes, I, you do. I think those yeah. are the rules. Allison McConnell is here as well. Hey, Allison, how's it going? <laughs> Would you like to go right Come into my family it. history as yes. well? <laughs> What's your dad's name? <laughs> my father is deceased. His name is Grant as well. Grant McConnell. Mm-hmm. Really? That sounds very uh, foreign. He passed away uh, just about five years ago. Oh, uh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's sad. We're getting right to it here. If we're going to do it, let's do it. Was he an alcoholic as well? He was not an alcoholic. Uh, he was a big supporter of my musical career and oh, a really wonderful nice. person. So, ah, Well, what killed him so young? 
Uh, my father had a brain tumor, oh, and he had oh. it operated on a couple of times successfully, and the third time that they operated on it, it did not go as oh, well as it was supposed to, uh, to go. He was in a coma for about a month before he passed away. Mm. Well, that's so. awful. So he's pretty young, too, I believe. He was 57. Oh. It is pretty young. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Okay. Now your parents are both still here and functioning normally. Do you talk to both of your parents? I do. I was just in Boston. They're both up there. And they're still together? They're not. They're not still together? No. Okay, well, at least there's some sort of normalcy. (laughs) Tragedy. I wouldn't (laughs) call it that. (laughs) How long have they been apart for? About 10 years. And you talk to both of them equally? I do. Well, that's good at least, right? Yeah. Yeah, it okay. is. My dad is. helped start our company with us, actually, me and he my did. sister. Yeah. So your company is the same as on your T-shirt, which is Dig, the dog person's app. I'm not going to actually touch your breast or anything. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> yeah, that. Okay. Yeah. But I look like I was going to. Yeah, probably confusing <laughs> for the Facebook yeah, yeah. Live audience. <laughs> that is, so Dig, so for anyone who wants to know, Dig, so tell us what Dig is. Though. Dig is a dating app for dog lovers and dog owners. It's the oh. best way to find a compatible date. Hmm. Yeah, we just launched on the App Store just uh, before Valentine's Day this year, which is an important time for dating apps, as you can imagine. Uh, And we've been launching city by city. We were just in Chicago this last weekend with a big Pups and Pride event. Hmm. So dogs wearing rainbows and uh, unicorn outfits. There's There's a gay dog organization? Um, no, it was just our event that we threw. Uh, it's uh, Pride Weekend, so we threw a Pups and Pride event there. But we go to so city by no city with big events. there's no connection between dogs and gays. Well, they're just celebrating the Pride, but the dogs don't necessarily identify as gay, okay. is what she's saying. So it's they a might. coincidence. They might. They, yeah, yeah, it's a coincidence. Are so they? it's for people, anyway. Okay. The dating app is for people. Right. And are there actually animals that are gay besides humans? That's a great question. Anybody know the answer to that? Uh, that is true. Yes, yes there yes. is. There are. Yeah. Okay, yeah. animals. Homosexual Brian. activity has been expressed in the animal kingdom. It's mm-hmm. been observed by scientists. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. I'd have to dig up the fine details, but yes. It's dig been. up the fine details. Oh, okay. Thanks, guys. Yeah. So I just read an article in The Atlantic about Thomas. gay penguins. No. There's such a thing as gay penguins. And no. prostitute penguins. No. They will what sell it I? out in the name of Get those coveted rocks. fish? Oh, okay, rock. What? Do you, do you get paid if you're a prostitute penguin? So uh, penguins build their nests with rocks, and they covet the rocks because it builds a nest. So uh, females who are looking to build nests will sometimes have sex with the lonely males who haven't partnered up and uh, do it in exchange for rocks. Why? Wow, what about that? Okay. That's all right. What are you reading? <laughs> yeah. Where do you get your Good information? Question. Good question. I'm on Wikipedia, though, and there are... It seems like they've got over 20 different animals that okay. have gay relationships, such as dolphin, bison, bats, elephants, giraffes, marmots, lions, prime, four different types of primates, sheep, lizard, tortoises. Well, that's pretty much everything, right? <laughs> I mean, other than earthworms, which are, I think are both sexes. Uh, bed what bugs. is that called? Bed bugs have homosexual relationships. Bed bugs. Wow, the internet is so What's useful. going on with Isn't that really? Who knew all that? Yeah. So, Brian, you're on the radio. Yeah. yeah. That's why you have this. Yeah, I'm the co-host of The Week in Geek on News Talk 99.5 WRNO. You can hear it every Sunday at 7 p.m. And we do host it as a podcast, uh, iHeartRadio, WRNO.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all that good stuff. So It's The Week in Geek. The Week in Geek, yes, sir. And what exactly would that entail? That geek meaning 
So, like, we cover a lot of pop culture stuff, movies, television, comic books, conventions. We go all around the southeastern region to all kind of conventions like Wizard World New Orleans that happens at the Morial Convention Center every January. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've gone to Dragon Con in Atlanta, uh, Dallas Fan Expo. Uh, I mean, just there's tons of events all over the place. Interview great guests. We've had plenty of uh, USA Today and New York Times bestselling authors. Uh, we've had uh, media guests like the Russo brothers, Edward James Olmos, uh, stuff like that. So actors, directors, it's it's just yeah, it's a lot this of fun. Pretty, so this is a pretty big deal radio show then. Absolutely. Can you guys hear this like over cranking type? Yeah. What yeah, it's hot. Going, what is what is going on? Yeah. I don't know what's happening. Everything's like distorted. Yeah, distorting. Yeah. Where's oh, okay. can we, oh, that's a lot. That might be better. Okay. Ah, thank goodness. That was punishing there for a minute. Okay, we're back. So sorry about that, Brian, because you're already a professional, and after all, we're trying to impress you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Damn. Right. Well, I did notice that you you both have RE20s, and we've got these uh, right. Radio Shack mics. That's because like, it's a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's C-A-S-T-E. Yeah, yeah. No. This is the cast system. We have the fancy mics, and you have the no. shitty Right, yeah. Sure, I am. Well said. Well said. Yeah. Oh, no, they're yeah. Shores. All right, that's cool. They're... No, they're good mics. Yeah, no, I'm just playing. No, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with these mics at all. Yeah. So... I see that also that there's. Uh, they gave me this like paragraph about you. I've right. never, I've never underlined anything so much in my life as, okay. as all this stuff here. It says that you like to dress up in costumes and. Uh, Absolutely. So I'm a cosplayer, but I also sew my own costumes. I do metalworking, leatherworking, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm a member of the 501st Legion, which is an international Star Wars costuming group. Uh, in fact. Little shout out! I will be Darth Vader at the Baby Cakes game this Friday. Uh, so if you want to come out for Star Wars night and hang out, uh, plenty of stormtroopers, all that good stuff. So, yeah, I mean, um, uh, it's it's fun to to dress up, right? You know, we got to do it when we're kids. There's no reason to stop. Well, it's right? a very New Orleans thing. Absolutely, to, to, to have a dress mm-hmm. up, uh, you know, because we don't need an Europe. excuse. It's Tuesday. You, you can dress up, right? Mm-hmm. Where are you from originally? Uh, I was born and raised in Lafayette, but uh, I Lafayette, got up, Louisiana. Yes. But I got out as fast as I could. I left at 14, and uh, I've been here ever since. Lafayette's a cool place. So you can yeah. you can wear costumes in Lafayette as well. They're not you worried. can, but it's it's like a big small like a big little town, right? right? And mm-hmm. New Orleans is so much better, mm. right? I mean, there's good food in Lafayette. Don't get me wrong, but it's kind of like I did the same thing every year, kind of deal. And there's always something fresh and new in Louis in uh, New Orleans. New Orleans okay. Yeah. Well, speaking of costumes and fresh and new and Lafayette, I went to the Cajun Mardi Gras for the first time this past Mardi Gras. Did you chase some chickens? Did you do I it? I chased the chickens, uh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. uh, didn't catch one, but somebody who did catch one let me hold one. <laughs> Were you on the uh, Anthony Bourdain show? No, I was in the other... T- so there's two different uh, bigger uh, cities, towns, that, okay. they, that they do the, the parade in, the, the Cajun Mardi Gras mm-hmm. walk, march, whatever you might call it. Uh, I was in the other one, unfortunately, but yeah. Bourdain was a hero to me too. So, did you get drunk and fall off a horse? I didn't. I didn't get on a horse. I did get drunk. Uh, you know. So what happens? Tell us what happens. Well, you, you, you walk around behind horses chasing chickens. You design your own costume. <laughs> Have which you done it, Allison? As well. I haven't, but I've seen, I've yeah. seen footage. Totally. It's just like you make your own fringe out of old cloth, and you you staple it to some costume you know you make your own costume okay and the key is you can't you you have to have your face covered okay otherwise the villains if you will uh, a villain in french right uh they come around they're the evil ones in in the figurative sense who will whip you if your mask is not on or other for real yeah yes <laughs> yes for real um okay or other infractions so 
You get there. It can be painful or enjoyable depending on on your how you roll. All right, hazing is involved for the for the beginners. You know, it's a yeah. Did you do this, Brian, when you lived in London? No, I never did the Corrida Motorcar. No, no. And women aren't invited to be a part of it to that one too. Oh no, they are absolutely. Yeah, I thought women weren't. Yeah, the other one they're not allowed in. They get chewed off or whatever. Oh, interesting. I just saw that whole Bourdain show that he was saying that women aren't allowed. to do it. And they, it was the, t- the tattered sort of costume thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, this what was... The, you sound like you're the cooler one, then. Yeah. appreciate so cool. that. What yeah. is the genesis of the costume, you know, with all the sort of fringy... Looks like a sort of I don't of know. Weird... It certainly has a story. I knew wow. I knew that there was a story I didn't know when I found out about the villains who, you know, right. walk around and they are their own role. And I thought, okay, there's, there's, some, there's a story right. here. There's something going on. It's a myth. Yeah, some sort of myth. Uh, you stop at different houses uh, and those houses... You know, give away a chicken is the idea, and everybody chases the chicken. Somebody mm. catches the chicken. So. Okay, and then there's a big gumbo is made with the chick- those actual chickens afterwards, or is that gumbo was made? It was not made with those actual chickens. It was ready much too quickly once okay. we had arrived back <laughs> when we started. So, although I got another story about chickens and gumbo, uh, I was playing a, a show uh, opening for this band, and then uh, the guitarist was an old timer from Nashville. And I, he said, uh, where are you from? And I said, New Orleans. And he said, oh, yeah, Louisiana. I'm not going to try to do his accent, but you know what? <laughs> uh, he says, uh, yeah, it was back in the day, I was going through some small Louisiana town, and we stopped by this place called, let's say it was Bruce's uh, Tavern and Cockpit. <clears throat> and they didn't know what Cockpit was until set break when everybody filed through this small <laughs> hall into this stadium seating in an eight-foot flo- ceiling, oh, the and they released, the, ah. yeah, and they did cockfighting, ah. and, and they took the dead ones, and they made gumbo with it, and, <laughs> and they called it ah. Loser's Gumbo. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. That was on the album very recently. I, I got to write that song. Yeah, yeah. good idea. Loser's gumbo. Talking of songwriting, Allison. That is a song. Allison, I don't know I've what got kind of song, yeah. but that is a song. It's you know funky. what's great about having you on the show, Allison, is that for once <laughs> I don't have to say singer-songwriter. Mm. I, I would not regard you as a singer-songwriter. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm a singer, I'm a songwriter, I'm a guitar player. I would say that you're a rock musician. Well, thanks. I mean, <laughs> I'll take that, too. That's cool. Wouldn't you? Is that how, how do you describe yourself? I mean, I am a songwriter probably first and foremost. I picked up guitar to start writing music. As oh, really? A, as a way to... You started to, off as a poet? I've been a writer and a poet probably the longest. Although I did... I mean, I played piano as a kid, maybe like six, seven years of lessons, and I never saw it through, never thought I was going to do anything with it. I didn't want to play classical music, apparently, at that time in my life, which I think... Strange. Is, you know, true for yeah. a lot of kids. Yeah. Um, now, I, of course, kick myself for that, but, um, Not really, but I quit you, playing piano. Would you piano. want to be a classical musician, really? Well, that Compared I, to rock and roll? I wish I had kept playing. I just mm. My chops would have would be different, but I quit piano when I think I was 11 or 12, and then uh, started playing guitar when I was in college and afterwards. Um, so I didn't really start writing start music playing or playing an instrument until I was in my late 20s. So what did you start out? You started out as a writer. As a writer and a singer, yep. Yep, mostly words. <laughs> right. Well, what, what made you... Later chords and melody and things like that. What made you want to like be that. a rock star? You know, <laughs> to tell you the truth, I don't think I could, I could explain how I ended up playing music for a living now... Um, Deliberately, I sort of fell into it. I kind of backed into it. I was at a point in my life when a lot of things had changed that I did not think were going to change. My father passing away being the biggest thing. Right. Uh, I lost a couple of friends. 
uh, very unexpectedly, and I also got divorced. So all of those things well, that all at the same time. came together in about a six-month period when oh, I was just wow. sort of left. A bit of a crossroads. One of, yeah, it was, it was intense. Um, so you could have become a drug addict. But this is that kind of show I yeah. love. So we yeah. just get right yeah. in. So you could have been, it, so. You could have ended up being a drug addict or I an alcoholic. I tried to be an alcoholic for quite did a while. Did you start drinking a lot? a lot of bourbon um, to what, try to What kind of bourbon did you like? Blanton's is my favorite. Blanton's? The one with the horse on top of the bottle. I don't bottle. know that. Oh, yeah. really? It's a round bottle that? with the with the horse on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But be okay. careful. Just yeah. a word to the wise. It's, okay. it's too good. That's the problem. It's it's delicious. And it's a very uh, convenient way to keep your pain kind of at a, at a safe distance, you right. think, for a while. Um, but sort of in that haze of the years, 2013, which is just a terrible year for my family in a lot of ways, um, I just sort of didn't know what else to do, so I started writing. Um, and poetry at that mm. point didn't seem like enough. It needed to be something more cathartic, so I picked up a guitar that I had purchased kind of you know, on a lark, not thinking I would ever play seriously, um, that I had put down for years and years. I picked it back up and wrote a couple, record, wrote a couple of songs that ended up on my first record. And That's a real rock and roll story. And here what, we were are. The, what were the first ones? The, the first record was the... The What's first the record's called These Walls. These Walls. Um, and which ones were the first songs you wrote on that? The title track is probably the first one right. that's the, okay. that came to me that's from that project. Right. It's sort of a, you know, it's like a big David Gilmore, Pink Floyd kind mm. of modern British blues style of ballad. And I really, I was really depressed, to be perfectly honest, really bummed out. So I wrote some bummed out music. And I was fortunate to get paired up with a producer. I was in D.C. for a while before I came here for about 10 years. Um, my producer in Arlington, Virginia, is a guy named Marco Delmar, and he is very much a David Gilmore kind of player, so he heard the demos and just right away got it. He said, your music is about despair. Sorry, that's just sort despair. of what it's about. Okay. Pink Floyd does despair better than anybody else you know, that we can think of. I said, you're right, actually. How did you figure all that out? Um, so he helped me kind of take a couple of those songs from their infancy, just me and this guitar, right. to being much bigger, big, you know, sort of soaring rock ballads. Hey, well, when all that about, was done, I thought, oh my God, this is how music works. What about playing something? Grab, I'd be happy to. Pull out you want to hear that song? I can play that's you that a, one. No, what, what do you feel like playing? Well, that's a good that, one. That's a good one? Okay. Well, that's a big guitar. I was going to say, so Andrew's here, and we haven't played uh-huh. together before, but there's only like three or four chords in a lot of my songs. Okay. So if you're interested, and you want to join When in doubt, leave it out, but I'll see what I can do. I, uh, I always tell nice people, guitar. I was in a cover band in D.C. fronted by this amazing woman named Kate, and she used to say to us in a huddle before we would go out, she'd say, if you think you're going to suck, don't. Mm. I'm like, that's the perfect advice. That's good advice. Yeah, okay. Perfect advice for playing music. Okay. If you think you're going to suck, don't. Just It'll don't. be fine. It's an E minor. Cool. It's super easy. Um, but yeah, this is the title track from my first record. It's called These Walls, and it's a song that I wrote, and I was literally sitting in my mom's house. Sorry, I'm just trying to find my pick. Um, sitting in my mom's house trying to uh, put a few things together in terms of my life. Okay. Are we right? So, the emergency backup. I think I've got my emergency backup. What have you lost? Uh Guitar pick. Andrew's got me, which I appreciate, but I use the yellow ones. I like the yellow, too. I'm back and forth. Orange to yellow. yellow. All right. These walls. I'm so excited somehow. Look at this little concert right here. You can sing back up if you like. You definitely can. Can you sing? I used to sing. You did? Yeah. It was like Annie in the show Annie in seventh grade. You were in Annie? Did you play Annie? 
I did. With the curly hair and everything? Of course, ah, yeah. Perfect. Tight okay. cast. <laughs> Have you done any singing since seventh grade? Because this not could be a really. good opportunity. No, okay. not much. Well, this could be your day. Is it? Right. How's that?
Okay. Wow. Thank you. Alison McConnell. Thank you. And Andrew Duhon together again for the very first time. <laughs> Just like together we again. Just together like you guys for rehearsed. the very first time. Yeah. Very nice. When you see indeed. somebody with a guitar in hand, yeah. you're like, come on. But I can hear Give the shot. Can you hear the despair in that, Lee? Would you say? Despair. That's exactly how I would describe I it. Mean, Brian, what do you think? Oh no, it's wonderful. I enjoyed it. Very. Your very, voice is it does. beautiful. I can't. Believe, so you started with guitar and and writing, and then you found that you could sing, or how no, did that work? I mean, I've always sung. Um, I was in chorus as a kid. I took a little bit of classical vocal training. I kind of was piano, and then voice for a while, and then kept singing through college and that's when I yeah that's when I kind of put after college was putting guitar and voice together and started to actually she's not too late for you Lee you and could discover the, that you're an actually a rock musician you never right yeah you're it's not, not just Annie right not yeah. just Annie <laughs> Annie's just but it says here it says here that you're actually an adjunct professor I am at Tulane University and oh, this is cool. my favorite of media, terrorism, and disasters. I have oh. a surprise background, y'all. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I so got my master's in homeland security and emergency response management here at Tulane. What better place than but New Orleans to have a master's degree in disaster? Disaster, right? Yeah. So, uh, even Was before that. Was that after that, the disaster? So before that, I was a TV reporter. So I used to report here for Fox 8 News. I was a reporter in Syracuse for the ABC station there and for One Africa Television in Namibia in Southwest Africa. Uh, yep. And uh, I'm also a former journalist. Oh, cool. And my family's from upstate New York, right by Syracuse. Where? So oh, that's awesome. By yeah. Syracuse. Are you both from there, Syracuse? My family's from Binghamton, actually, but, but close. What, what's it called? Binghamton. Binghamton. Which is like an Binghamton. hour and a half Binghamton. south Binghamton. of Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. And... Um, you were a journalist as well? I was for a little while. Who so that's so crazy. We were, we were both uh, former, former and hopefully reformed uh, journalists. I worked in D.C. for a couple different news services. Yeah. Really? As a reporter? Mm-hmm. And an editor and a broadcaster. What about that? I love yep. it. How crazy. For, like, for what, like a newspaper or I wrote radio about financial or? news. I wrote specifically about municipal bonds for a while. That was really interesting. Exactly. Okay. Everyone just calm down. Uh, tax-free right. municipal <laughs> bonds. State and local finance is very important, though, so it's a... Who for? Was it for a newspaper? Uh, or for I work for a couple different places. I work for a company called Stateline that does politics and policy for state-by-state news. Right. Uh, I worked for a company called Need to Know that did financial news and breaking like real-time for financial news services. Now, why did you both get out of it? Probably the same reason. What is it? I was super jaded. After covering the financial crisis, I really, really was angry about what was going on, and I got completely pissed off with journalism and, and sort of the, wow. the government in general, and decided I wanted to stop writing about it. Wow, was that? What was it about? I don't, I don't know if that yeah. was. I don't know if that was <laughs> Lee's experience. What was Lee? Why did you get out? It's not dissimilar. I mean, uh, the world of journalism—you want to be promoting democracy. You want to be doing these stories that you're in depth. You work on, you know, as much as you can, and you really are proud of. And at the end of the day, I felt like I was doing three stories a day. I'd get in at nine. I'd have a story turnaround by noon, and then a story turnaround by five. Sometimes another one for six. Make a revamp for ten, and then come in the next day and have to present new story ideas rather than working on anything. It's a mill. Um, And I was in investigative reporting as much as I could, but ended up doing most of that on my own time with making no money on top of it. Wow. Um, This is broadcast journalism. This is broadcast journalism, yeah. Broadcast digital journalism. Because you have a tweet quota on top of that, and you have to write your web story on top of that. They not only... So you saw the big live vans. You can picture the live news vans outside where they have the microwave or, you know, whatever on top uh, to go live. But now they've got backpacks. So you're not only the 
live truck operator, the the uh, videographer, the editor, and the reporter. But then you're also the digital reporter, and you're doing social media in the car on your way to the story that you're supposed to be covering. And it was a uh, it ended up being a nightmare. It's a tornado of negativity in there. You're working with people who used to do wow. incredible work every day, and they've been forced and cut out and all sorts of stuff. So it's and the 24 um, news cycle, 24 hour yeah. news cycle. We haven't everybody. lost your touch because you ha- we've already got tweet quota and tornado of negativity. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah. And and I'm still di- yeah, talking about it. So you were, you were a little disingenuous when we started the show because <laughs> yeah. you said you brought together people from that only random the random people that only random. had New Orleans in common, yeah. and yet you brought three media people Isn't on the that show. Crazy that. Yeah. 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 Well, first of all, I have to former, say, I don't, I don't bring anyone on the show <laughs> because musician. I don't book anyone. That's that's uh, that's the position of our of our producer Graham DePonte. She books everybody. Okay. But it's amazing how it is actually random. But it turns out that people have the. There's no way we would have known that. Right. No, that I'm you're both journalists. Play, play. Isn't it, but isn't it crazy? It that, is. It is. It's crazy absolutely. how that works. And and Lee and I were talking about earlier because she was with Fox Eight, and Fox Eight and iHeartMedia work together, and that's. Is where that right? My station is on iHeartMedia. So. Right. So yeah. you're part of iHeartMedia. Right. Now right. iHeartMedia is like totally bankrupt now, and is. There's like twenty we're, billion we're, we're dollars in the hole or something crazy. Yeah, we're coming Are back. Are you part of the uh, reason that they went under? No, <laughs> come on. No, Nerd Week is leading the revolution. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I heard. The week in nerd. Is that what it's called? The week in geek. The week in geek. Oh, right. Shoot. So the thing I is, I called it nerd. Yeah. Week. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not yeah. quite sure right what's an insult and what's not. Yeah. Well, you look. Is we geek? we've been getting our butts kicked since we were in you know elementary mm-hmm. school. It doesn't matter now, you can right? Yeah, yeah. We thick skin. So, but yeah, I mean, were you like a geeky kid as well? Yeah, totally, dude. I I started playing Dungeons and Dragons when I was ten, just like those kids from Stranger Things. Mm. Totally. And did people pick on you as a kid? Yeah, yeah. I went to a, a Catholic school in Lafayette, right. and so I had the same kids at school from pretty much kindergarten all the way through middle school. Yeah. And yeah, I was the poor kid who just got, you know, totally picked on. And why do you read comic books? And that you're that's dumb and all it, you know. And I was looking for an escape, right? Because those people were brutal. What, so, what did you do? What do you do for a real job? Uh, so, um, right now I'm in between jobs. I was um, working for General Dynamics as a business analyst. Uh, I just wow. got laid off, actually. But General uh, Dynamics as a business analyst. Yeah, and I have I have 21 years experience in information technology, so I used to work for Chevron as a video conferencing subject matter expert, right? And, you know, doing computer... So you're corporate. Main- yeah, I, d- I do a lot of corporate stuff. You, yeah, you don't come across as a corporate guy at all. No, I, I you know, not not how I look. I mean, jeans right. and a t-shirt right now. I'm a, you know, so, but yeah, I mean, I totally so can do a suit and everything. What is this? <laughs> what is this movie on your this thing on your t-shirt? Ah. Tenet Noctis. So Tenet Noctis with the sort of Islamic symbol and the Judaic symbol. Right. So my friend John Mangus from Baton Rouge uh, wrote the screenplay for this. And it's uh, a story about the Crusades, about the Crusaders in the Holy Land. They're fighting against... Uh, Can't beat it. Right. The, Saracens. the Jews versus the Arabs. <clears throat> well, no, it's the Christians, right? It's the Christians. Yeah, the, those so are the Crusaders. So how come this has the Jews and the Arabs on there? Then? Uh, well, because well, they're, they're trying to in convert there too. Everybody. Right. Regardless... What was the story behind that? Behind the Crusades? Yeah. Them try- the Christians trying to convert everybody? The Christians are trying to convert Yeah, they, they were trying to save the Holy Land from the infidels, right? And so they ran in there, and the infidels said, get, get out. So... You know, trying to save Jerusalem. Who is the, the Christians came along third. First of all, there were the Jews, then there were the Muslims, and then there were the Christians. Or was the other way around? No, the, was it the Jews and then the Christians? The Jews, then the Christians, then, then the, the Muslims. Muslims. Yes. Okay. A Jew walks into a bar. Truth. <laughs> so, 
So, so in this case, so it, that's the movie story. So the movie is that you've got the Crusaders and the Saracens that are fighting, and then there's a supernatural enemy that presents itself, and they have to band together to fight against it. <laughs> is it God? Right? Ah. Is it who? Is it God? Is it, it is not God. So <laughs> can you do the can you do the trailer because you've got the right voice for right. it? I do, um, but I the trailer's out there. It exists out there right now. A, a sizzle reel. So what it was was. Uh, Tim Russ, who was Lieutenant Commander Tuvok in Star Trek Voyager, came down. We brought him down, and he directed this. I said, this is a movie. It's been made already. It, this is not just a T-shirt and an idea. This is an actual movie. It's, we have done a production trailer, a sizzle reel, to try to get it funded to be made ah, into a movie. Okay. Right. So, uh, actually, on AmazonStudios.com, under the movie section, it's listed there. If you want to go check it out, you can see two okay. trailers from the it. Sizzle reel. Exactly. That's the industry term, man. Sizzle reel. That's like a sort that. of a, you try and sell it based on. Right. You're trying to find you know, investors and stuff like that to, to right. back your, your idea. Yeah, absolutely. How much is it going to cost to make this thing? You have to go to Israel or something to make yeah, it? That's no, I no. We can, we can probably do it here. You I can mean, do it here in the can you, can bio. Can you front me about $10 million? It's ten, $10 million. million. I mean, that, look, come on. Marvel movies are in at t- two hundred and fifty, yes. right? I'm, I'm giving you I easy money. I don't know. Is, you're is not going to get it if you don't ask for it. Exactly. Right on. Exactly. And is I was it? told, right, if you're fundraising, you can't ask for too little. Right. Then people don't take you seriously. Have right. you done any sort exactly. of fundraising, Allison? Have you done any like GoFundMe I've, or anything? I've done some, nothing official like that, but I've put together a couple of companies, <laughs> just begging my family and friends to support my right. artistic and business endeavors. Yes. <laughs> So you haven't done GoFundMe or anything? Yet. No, not yet. Okay. Selling municipal bonds or what were you? Yeah. You know, I, in my in my post journalist era, I started a food company in DC, and then I started Did the you? record label here when I moved here to. So sort you started of a record label my, and a food company. Yeah, the food well, company is now defunct, but I, I ran it. When what I was sort in of food company was it? What did it do? It was called the Humble Gourmand, and it was a company that connected farmers in the Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania, Virginia area that kind of ring around DC. Uh, and consumers who were in urban environments who didn't have access to really good pasture-raised food. Um, so the idea was back before it was easy to get like some of that at a table co-op type. or a grocery store. Right. I was yeah. doing like a delivery service thing. I was basically selling wow. meat out of the back of my car. This is what this means. <laughs> okay. Like I, was a a, good I was a idea. grass-fed meat dealer. It was fun. It just sounded like a good... Very educational time of my life. I learned a lot about the food system. Um, Did it turn you into a vegetarian, or do you still eat meat? I don't eat a lot of meat if I can. Because of that. Once you get a lot of meat in the back of of your car... What you know... Did you have a refrigerated system? I actually had six deep freezers in my basement at one point. That was the high point. Yeah. Yeah, what was the electricity bill like for that? It was not not cheap. Not cheap. But, uh, But it actually, like... Back in 2005, 2006 in D.C., it wasn't really common to be kind of out there educating people about what the grocery store, you know, you what industrially you raised would do better meat with looks that like here versus you would have, yeah, you would the other do, alternatives. That so. would work here, though, don't you think? Louisiana doesn't seem to have a huge... I don't see a lot of vegetables sometimes, so I, I do wonder. I've got, I, I know someone who actually is running um, a service like this, and she's, she's struggled a little bit to find a consumer base and a foothold for what she's doing. I see people driving around in pickup trucks with freezers on the back. You, you know them, those guys? Hey, the look, steaks? ever since Mr. Okra passed, we don't get the vegetables, right? They're not driving around your neighborhood anymore? I, no. there are needs. I thought somebody yeah. was taking over from this. In the neighborhood. Yeah, I think his hey, daughter is taking over. Oh, okay, good. Miss so. Okra Jr., Oh, I'm going right. to do these things here. Andrew, you want to play a little bit of guitar in the background? and then You got it. And then i got to get you to play a song. Hey, so Happy Hour is brought to us today also by Basic Swim and Gym, where you get a full range of fashion swimsuits, workout and yoga clothes with style. Basic Swim and Gym is next to the lingerie store. 
basics underneath on Magazine Street near Jefferson Avenue. And thanks to you to Hangover Destroyer, the only all-natural product medically proven to prevent a hangover. If you go to hdestroyer.com and write happy hour on the coupon code, you'll get 30% off of Hangover Destroyer. And you too can seize the dawn. And thanks to Louisiana Legs, where you can get workout and yoga clothes with designs that incorporate photographic art like Mardi Gras beads and wrought iron. You can find Louisiana Legs on Facebook and Instagram. And you can buy Louisiana Legs on Etsy. And from the Positive Vibrations Foundation, who create and encourage community through the development and preservation of the arts, music, culture, and heritage. And thanks to, to our family at Patreon. If you'd like to be a part of our Happy Hour Patreon family, go to patreon.com and look for It's New Orleans Happy Hour. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can be part of our Happy Hour family and even get on the show. And now Andrew Duhon, who has a new record out called False River, which is available everywhere. Thank you very much for Oh, no, 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 no. False River is available on Spotify and everywhere else, other places that you can steal music or, <laughs> or pay for it. So, wait, I gotta, a, I gotta ask. Yes. Why don't you have free samples of Hangover Destroyer here for your guests? Ah, how we do have <laughs> thousands of, I got thousands of sachets of Hangover Destroyer. Yeah. And I'm waiting for Mr. Hangover Destroyer to replace the thing that we put them in, the display, the display thing, which yeah. have been destroyed over the years. <laughs> And he doesn't send them to me. Ah, okay. So until he does, I'm not going to bring, like, you know, 50,000 sachets of Hangover Destroyer. But we have it. We can put it right on the table right here. All right. I can bring you some if you'd like some, if you want to come back. <laughs> sure, I'll come back okay. anytime. Yeah. All right. Well, wait, so I see on your website, Alison, that you have a notebook on your website that has, like, poetry. I have some of my so writing So when you click on writing, it's got... You yep, click, there's a whole bunch of... And if you go to andrewduhon.com and you click on that, you'll see also Andrew has a notebook on his. Used to. I don't think he's getting... Is that gone now? Yeah. And here, you have the actual notebook here in front of you. Yep. Got a new draft for you, some, you know. Okay. You have a new well, song. I could try to bring you something fresh. Yeah. You know? Okay. Well, first of all, before we do that, let's talk about the record. Sure. So the record's called False River, which is exactly as it looks as it sounds. Right. And... Uh, and it is available everywhere. How's the tour around the country and the record going? It's been good. Uh, just got back from the Northeast. That was cool. Did uh, you know DC to New Hampshire? DC was excellent. New York, New York was so-so. Um, yeah, you know, it was great. You're um, out there. Okay, so it's working. Yeah. Are people buying the record actually? Yeah, you know, uh, it's interesting. Like the last record was four years ago, but they used to buy CDs, and like every now and again, you'd get somebody to buy a vinyl. These days, it's fifty-fifty, if not weighted to the vinyl side. How which is, interesting is that? It is interesting. It's 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 cool for now because obviously the profit margin on a twenty-five dollar vinyl is better. Hmm. But it's twenty-five bucks for the record. Yeah, and ten bucks for the CD. Fifteen for 15. the CD. Okay. But you know, I, I'm I'm a little worried about this flux and how sustainable hmm. it is or isn't. You know, and if merch goes away, the touring musician is going to struggle to figure out how to make it make sense. Right, Allison. What do you sell at your gigs? Seconded. Hmm. <laughs> I yeah. I agree. We sell CDs also. Uh, the band that I've been playing with, right. and we sell my two records. Um, and that's that's it for right now. But I'm definitely in Andrew's camp. It's well. The problem know, is that you can't make anything as a, a musician hustle. off selling actual downloads. You're not going to make it off right off right. Of people streaming your stuff. Right. There's no, no money on Spotify, and there's no money from any of these other services mm-hmm. either. Mm-hmm. So you have to. It's merch only. And not that many people buy CDs. Some people right. do. Right. But they're becoming more of a. Well, people don't have a CD player. Like a collector's anymore. thing, right? CDs. My car doesn't take it. My I'm right. sorry, I don't yep. have a way to play it. My right. car doesn't take it. My laptop doesn't take it. Right. And so it's a dying, I don't even dying think about medium. It. Right. <laughs> yeah. That makes me so sad. 
Well, it's very difficult for a musician. To, I mean, this is the reality, is that you keep hearing the music business has changed. Well, this is how it's changed. Super talented people can't make a living unless you buy a baseball cap or a T-shirt off them. Yeah, because yeah, like, physical media is so, like, 1996, right? You know, right. From, the, from the geek perspective, right? Or <laughs> yeah, 20 years. Well, yeah. hey, well, what is the geek perspective on. on this? Because this is a kind of a, a world of people who survive... Sort of on the margins of the entertainment industry, right? Absolutely. So, I mean, you what know, would your advice to the music industry t- people be to, to well, survive? Definitely. I mean, you have to have the merchandise, right? Because everybody wants streaming. They want cloud-based uh, content. They want it when they want it. They don't want to be sitting in front of, you know, a television or a radio or, or whatever at a certain time. They, you know, I want my thing now. I want to binge it now, right? Ne- right. Look at Netflix and, and, you know, are you still watching, right? Because you've been glued to it for 13 hours. So, but they just, they want it instantaneously and physical media is is just, even though there's a few hangers on, it's there's not many, right? Yeah, why have mm-hmm. physical media when I can have everything on this phone? Mm-hmm. And, you know, for us New Orleanians who understand, um, uh, right after Katrina, I had a friend of mine who was evangelizing the Kindle because he's like, look at that bookcase, right? That's a lot of books and it's really heavy. So I can either carry that when I evacuate or I can take this device with my entire library on okay, it. Okay, but mm-hmm. get, get to the solution part of the conversation here. The solution is, is like you said, merchandise, right? And touring, right? You've got to either sell tickets to events and, and get that live uh, dollar, right, from, from audiences. It takes and a certain amount of a fan base yes. in order to do. That's, well, how do guys like you, you make a living? And you dress up as Darth Vader and so on. How, how are you guys all making a living out of this? Well, so that's the, the 501st Legion. That's all volunteer. We do a lot of charity work. So, you know, yeah, I paid, I don't know, over the years, probably four grand in costumes for Star Wars, just Star Wars alone. Um, but, you know, we're doing stuff like going to children's hospital and putting smiles on sick kids' faces. I mean, that's... So you're I'm not, not trying to make any money no. out of being a cosplay. No. No. There are people who do it. There, there's plenty of cosplayers who go, they get paid to go to events, right? The event will pay them to show up, and then they sell autographed pictures of themselves and make a few bucks. And there's some who make a lot. Uh, Yaya Han out of Atlanta has uh, an entire uh, cloth line from Joanne Fabrics, you know? So there are cosplayers in the industry who do really well, but... Um, you know, a lot of them, it's, it's merchandise. Uh, Kayumi Cosplay, she's a German cosplayer. She does a lot of tutorials. She writes books. People buy her books hmm. to, to find out how to make costumes. And then they're digitally available, right? Are you, getting, are you getting any angle here, Andrew? No, or? no, no, no. Okay, so... I'm not um, hearing anything. So, like, helpful. in every niche of an industry, there will be, like, the, the celebrities who can make a living, but... Um, but I don't think that is necessarily going to give you an angle on how you make a living on your thing. Right. Um, but I will say that on the show, the saving grace for merch at show, uh, what you were saying about why would I get a CD when I can listen to it here, there, I think that's exactly correct. But uh, the saving grace, I think, is uh, when people go to a show, uh, they have that experience, and the souvenir still is a thing. People want a souvenir, so... Yeah. That's Something why, tangible that you can yeah, carry and, and the vinyl has a bigger picture on it, and it's more tactile than a CD. So the vinyl's living strong, and so are T-shirts, you know, and these things are still selling at shows. Not so much online for the, the reason well, you, you mentioned, you know. And I don't um, want you to autograph my phone. So. Yeah, that's right. right. You, you wouldn't want the autograph. Exactly right. Something to autograph. You're right. Um, but I think, in my mind, the next step is going to be 
uh, exclusive content. Uh, so, you know, this, mm. this program is on Patreon, and you guys do some exclusive content, right? right? I think as artists uh, become more accessible to everyone through the Internet, they have to make content that is, whoops, okay, this one's not free. You pay five bucks to see this one. You know, and obviously you have to build your free content enough, the freemium model, if you will. Right. Uh, free content has to be enough where people are interested in you. They want everything you got. And then you name your price, you know. So the crossover for apps is really similar because I have a dating app that's completely free. And right. once you have enough people, we'll offer subscription tiers where that's you can it. have additional features. Mm-hmm. But you're only getting 10% or fewer people who are going to do that. So um, for us, we're, we make... Zero, and uh, right. we offer so ha- a great product. So, what's what's the way to make money for you? What's the pathway to profit when you have an app? You want a lot of people, and you can either go acquisition route, and it's access to those people for those companies, okay. or um, you can do the subscription tiers. So, right now, you get five people a day on Dig. Um, we'll do a subscription tier where you can have unlimited, for example. Once we have enough people build up on the app, I'm allowed to contact five people a day. You mean? You don't, yeah, yeah. You can see five people and decide if you dig, really ma- dig, or pass on that. Is that how Match.com works or how? Uh, different apps Tinder are doing it completely differently. So Tinder is one of those unlimited, and uh, right. they have different freemium type models well, how does now. How Tinder but make money? Same thing. So they have about 10% of their users that do different subscription features, and okay. you'll see them offering you. But for us, what we're doing is you can actually plan a dog-friendly date right from the app. So you've got a daily deal from dog companies, and dog companies will pay us to be featured on that daily deal. Okay. Um, we have dog-friendly locations near you, so you can suggest a first date idea right from the app and the messaging, and companies will pay to be featured on that list. Uh, and then tips or tricks of the day from vets and trainers. So we're keeping it free for our users mm-hmm. and trying to offer so a, make- a revenue another way. Right. Monday morning quarterbacking here, but I think for your, your <laughs> freemium model, it would be great is the free platform. You can only pick dates based on pictures of their dogs Ooh. only. And you, you already thought of this. <laughs> there have been apps like that. They haven't worked quite oh, as really? well as you yeah. might think. People do want to see the humans. I can't imagine yeah. the work. Yeah. It's more fun, though, because you're looking at the people, and then you see their dogs. Uh-huh. And you, it makes them more human totally. in a way, right? right. Like, uh, yeah, and if your dogs aren't going to get along, yeah. then you need to know. Then it's right not going to work. Right. Right. It's not so going to any, work. Anybody can download Dig <laughs> Anybody can download Dig on the App Store, but we are creating Android right now. So okay. And so if I do it. I can go on a date. I can. It's a dating app, but I don't have to have a dog myself. No, you don't. So you can search for someone with a dog or without a dog, and that's important because we know not all dogs get along. Maybe you want to find someone who will just love your dog as much as you do, or someone you can get a puppy with in the future. And this is serious compatibility issues for people. I mean, right. this is talking about your home life. Mm. If you're sleeping with right. a dog in the bed, then there's something else to consider when you're dating. So what kind of dog have you got? A German short hair pointer. She does this. What's her name? <laughs> Penny. <laughs> Connie? Penny. Penny? Mm-hmm. Like Penny Lane? Yeah. Penny the short-haired pointer. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. How old is Penny? She just turned two. Oh, sweet. Okay. How did you come up with this crazy idea? Oh, it was your sister came up with this idea, right? Yes, you've heard this story. Oh, I know the story. So my sister and I are co-founders. Um, she's listening right now. Hi, Casey. Uh, she was dating a guy 
who tried to be a dog person for her. And by the end of the relationship, you know where this is going. By the end of the relationship, he didn't want the dog in his apartment. And he would put towels down on the couch so the dog couldn't touch anything. Right, right. That's exactly. So throw your hands up in the air. Go. It's not going to work. Either he had to so, go or the dog had to yeah, go. Yeah, well, she, she go. said, I wish I just knew from the start that it wasn't right. going to work because of my dog. It's not something I'm going to give up. It's not something I'm going to change about myself ever. I don't want to. And so we talked to so many people who had stories like this. Then me being a data person, we found crazy statistics like 55% of single adults in the US are pet owners. So if you're looking what? for a single person 55%? anyway, yeah, they're Over more likely to be yeah, or single Americans, yeah. And what's the just split between Republican and Democrat? That's a great question. Probably. Thank you. Finally, a great question. <laughs> yeah. It's almost all over. I, I don't have it. the answer to that, but I'd love one. to see the cat dog breakdown. I would like to see I would like to see the Democrat Republican <laughs> breakdown on pet owners. I, I might explain so a lot of things. I wonder if yeah. I wonder if it crosses evenly a, are we all dog people here? Totally. Yeah. I'm a safe space. I, I'm a new cat you got? person. You've got oh, a cat. I have a dog, and then my boyfriend has a cat, and this is the first time wow. I've lived ah. in the same environment with a cat. And I actually, like, he's a sweetheart. Well, yeah. He's really incredible. Some cats are nice. So, see, it's always surprising yeah. when you hear that, I though, know. right? Like, it's I a, but you I had want, a prejudice going into What about that? a cat like, dating app? Nobody would want that. So everybody asks me. So the, <laughs> fir- the first two I get is, when are you going to do the cat app? And then, when are you going to do the horse because oh, horse that's people too much of a niche are, market. But no the think about it, they're Who real. A horse? I mean, the problem is owning? you have to understand a horse person if you're a horse person. It's money, it's time, it's all that kind of stuff. So I, I get it, but we're going to stick with dogs for now. It'd be good to date someone who owns a horse because they would have to be wealthy, I would imagine, right it's off the bat. probably right part there. of it, yeah. yeah. So that would be pretty attractive. It's like a boat-owning person. I bet there's an app for that, for too. wealthy people only dating app. Is I'm there like, sure there's an app there's for that. There's so many. I mean, half millionaire dating app. If you go on Tinder down here now, you're basically just looking at guys. All their pictures are holding fish because that's the only pictures guys take. Like, that's the only selfie that's they have right. pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Andrew's got pictures of himself with dead fish. Are you a fisherman? You, you got me pegged. That's all awesome. yeah. yeah. so, um, I didn't get fish. to this, but after I was a reporter, I was the regional director for the Coastal Conservation Association yeah. of Louisiana. Wow. And so been out on there. All these crazy Jeez, you've done Yes. Yeah, the I, most took, I took all those pictures done, of the Andrew. guys that ended up falling All these people the are like super overachievers <laughs> around here, except you and me. No, yeah. I just can't decide what we're supposed to do with our lives. Is that what right? it is? Yeah. That's, well, that's what my mom would tell so, you. So, <laughs> so if you want to break down, uh, according to Business Insider from 2013, Get out, Republicans yes. are dog people and Democrats prefer cats. Really? That's, that's the... This is from 2013. A lot has changed since 2013 in the United States of America. And that's another one. Based off the U.S. Pet ownership and demographic source book. Mm-hmm. So Sounds good job. Well, yeah. I can't believe that C Rock didn't find that for us. Good job, Brian. You did find both Health Junior. Yes. So last year for the first time, millennials what? beat baby boomers in terms of pet ownership. And really? The younger group is going for a dog, so it's an interesting uh, big wave. It's a seventy billion dollar industry now, is the pet world, and wow. growing Jesus every year. So hmm. it's a it's a wild world out there. So are you looking to like? Um, Make a fortune out of this? Could you get wealthy out of being an inventor of Dig? Yeah. The dog people's dating app? Yeah. You could. You could. <laughs> are you single? I am not single. Who are you dating? I'm dating Adam. Adam, and what's the story with his dog? Uh, we got Penny together. Oh, you did? Yes, we did. Oh, that's an interesting mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What was that like getting a dog with somebody like a boyfriend? Because you're not married or anything. How long have you been dating? We've been dating about three years. Three years. And, how, and so after three years, you got a dog together. 
close that to That is pretty damn yeah. serious. Yeah, well, I think it's pretty serious, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's like getting engaged or something. Uh, yeah, it's pretty close. Or buying a house together. Yeah. Well, I bought a house, and I bought it across the street from a dog park because she is that crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, which, it's all a part of it. Which dog park are you living across the I actually live in Gretna. And so uh, there's a brand new dog park um, right at the levee in McDonoughville, which okay. is awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. And you guys living together, you and Adam? We are. Okay, so it's you, Adam, and Penny. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. What next? Um, another dog? I another don't know. dog. <laughs> another dog before wedding bells were in the air. I have okay. no idea. Hey, I have a quick question. Yes. Thomas. I uh, did some uh, interviewing and journalism myself once. Nice. And I Sorry. met a bunch of entrepreneurs who were starting up an app called Popular. Yes, I've heard it uh, many What happens to Popular? Are they your competitors or are you them? No, it's a or? different thing. So everyone's what? told me to meet Harry from Popular and I still haven't. So I'd but love Popu- to meet you, Harry, if you're listening. But Popular is not a dating app. Popular right. is so a dog. Popular, popular I as I understand no, it, is an app to figure. find um, yeah. someone to go on a dog walk with, meet right. up at the dog park at the same time. And that's actually well, really... Com- in- what's the subtext there? Uh, I mean, come on. Right? I see. So I no, you can be married well, and unpopular. Well, that's actually yeah. the problem is that if you're not very straightforward about it being a dating app, like our name says dig the dog person's dating app for that reason. Other apps have fallen apart because people get on there and they're confused about why other people are there. Or they try to go national too quickly and there's not enough people to match with. And so we're really trying to go region by region and make sure there's enough people in each place and that people know we're there for dating for that reason, is that there's no confusion. Two shades. Two shades. Uh, Quarterbacks. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) Now, have we swung back around to the Andrew Duhon new song of the day? Sure. Okay. What do you? What's it about? What's it about? Is it about dogs, please, or dating? Ooh, it's about dating. It can be stretched. It is or, about dating. It is oh, about cool. dating. Okay. And what about despair? Uh, it's okay. We've had enough despair. It's right. all good. It's about um, the schoolyard element of the male psyche in relationships that is actually, in my mind, kind of sweet. Yeah, I shouldn't have said that because that word comes in. It's called I'm Trying to Get to You, I think. All right. What was that? I know sometimes I ain't that sweet. I know sometimes I get to you. No, sometimes I get to you. Mm. I'm just trying to get to you. I'm just trying to get to you. Sometimes I can be down, bright me. Yeah, I'm just trying to get to you. What a childish thing to do. Snow through the sleep. I'm just trying to get to you. I'm just trying to get to you. I know I grind your gears and rattle your bone. Sometimes you just wish that I'd leave you alone. But I ain't never gonna leave you, dog. And 
never feel as close to you as I want to be. I'm just trying to get to you. Yeah, I'm just trying to get to you. Where you at, baby? Where you at? Look around, tell me what you see. I'm just trying to get to you. I'm just trying to get to you. Don't rattle your bones. Grind your gears, baby. Grind your gears and rattle your bones. Sometimes you wish I'd just leave you alone. I know, but I ain't never gonna leave you, dog. Andrew, brand new. For brand this new. first time you ever played that anyway. That's right. Andrew Duhon. Nice. Thanks. What did you think? I loved that. No, good. Isn't Thanks. it? Right? Yeah. It's enchanting looking at Andrew play, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's sort of mesmerizing. I got some ideas already. But that's the nature of when you play it for the first time. But, yeah. you know, that's why I like coming on this show and just like trying, trying to draft or something. Yeah. Oh, no. So yeah. when you were playing that, did you hear some stuff that you thought, hmm, I have to do this and do oh, that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I what are you? skipped a complete... Constantly, you mean? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. right. Yeah. It's never finished, right? Do you think that, Allison, when you play as well, you hear stuff when you're playing it? It's hard not to have the editor running at all right. times. That's something I have to work very hard to, to turn off when I play because I just say what it, the song is wherever it is that at that moment at that time and that's good right. enough. Mm-hmm. That's what so I. So both have of to you seem very, to be part of like a new kind of a breed of musicians that that are highly intelligent and could do something else. I mean, uh, and with the, and you, you don't know me that well. The, uh, this, isn't, this isn't like the old rock and roll Motley Crue exactly. This looks sort of a new kind of. There used to be like a sort of a small segment of people well, who were like folk musicians who were sort of thinkers and poets. Yeah, yeah. But you guys are sort of like it's, it's a new, it's a new kind of a genre. There's the there's the cerebral over-edited singer-songwriter these days, and right. that's probably our ilk. And then, but but maybe what's being lost is the like reactionary, non-edited, regurgitative art that was made by, you know, name of you know, old rock and roll band that just felt like it was about the performance piece or something. But if you, you go know? into Allison's stuff, you listen to Allison's two records that she has out, mm-hmm. or you go hear her live, it's rock and roll, man. That is really kick-ass rock. It's, mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. It's not singer-songwriting. That's song the rock. plan. Yeah. That's the idea. But you're still super smart. <laughs> Again, I don't know. You, you give me a lot of credit. Well, I would say, wouldn't you say, Lee, as an, as an educator, as I'm, a professor? I'm just <laughs> blown away. Way by both of you right now. Yes, absolutely. That's you have to awesome. be smart to put these things together. That's what's crazy about the show is you can sit here and talk to people and they, you know, have a real conversation and find out that people are ordinary people like you, and then they pick up a guitar. And play well, that's what it. I would like, hope. Holy if shit. I ever see you again, I hope yeah. you just like have your guitar with you, and mm-hmm. you're like, I can well, do you this certainly now. can. We play Friday at RF oh, cool. <laughs> from three to six, and at Dmax at nine o'clock on Friday night, and, and we're actually the there at Dmax again for the Fourth of July. So oh, come out right. and see us. 
Uh, if you're looking for something to do on the 4th, cool. we'll be playing what at Max that night on Jeff Davis uh, at yeah. Tulane. We'll play around 8 o'clock, I think, 4th of July. And your name is Allison McConnell, Friday, but the name of the week. band is what? It's Rebel Roadside. Rebel Roadside. And if you look up rebelroadside.com okay. or on Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff, you can find uh, any dates that we've got going, uh, some clips, some video, the, all the links to the records, that kind of thing. All Check right. it out. Very good. Just real quick to yes. kind of... Go back to what we were talking about earlier about how to be successful, how to make money. Is oh, yes. right young, young musicians who are smart have to have multiple streams of revenue in order to succeed. So they have to work as hard as possible to do everything they can to get every red cent out of their fan base. Uh, and not just touring and not just albums, but other things as well. You know, because that's the way to succeed, multiple streams of revenue. Right, including... Including door furniture. Yeah, That's absolutely. One stream of revenue as far as we're concerned. Absolutely. Let me just tell you about that before we get out of here. <laughs> I'd For love the last hear it. 80 years, door furniture has been serving retail customers throughout Greater New Orleans from its home base on Elysian Fields in the Marigny, as well as finest quality furniture from brands like Stickley Century and Flex Steel. Doors designers can customize pieces for your home. They can come to your house and tell you what to do from slip cover sofas to dining room tables if you're on the North Shore as well. Door recently opened a second location in Covington. Door furniture is as New Orleans as it gets. And thank you to Strategic Resumes. If you want to sharpen up your resume, your LinkedIn profile, or your other job search skills, get in touch with Grant Cooper at Strategic Resumes. And if you want to get away, like Lee is doing, start your travel search at Travel Central in Metairie. And that's basically our show for today. Mm-hmm. How do you like that? Brian Hell Jr. has been here. The yeah, only Brian Hell absolutely. Jr. on all of Facebook. Uh, you yeah, can so find him. Yeah, there. Uh, check me out. The Weekend Geek Radio Show, News Talk 99.5, WRNO, every Sunday at 7, Facebook.com forward slash The Weekend Geek, uh, at Tweak Radio on Twitter, and uh, we're streaming, podcasting all over the place. That guy's done that before, for sure. Yes, very absolutely. Good. Very nice. Very good. And Lee Isaacson from Dig the Dog People's Dating App has been here as well. We can yeah. find you on... Well, you can download Dig on the App Store. Search Dig, Dog a Person's Dating App. You do have to write the whole thing. There are a lot of gold digger games out there, so if ah, you just okay. put Dig, a lot of other things pop up. I suggest Dig, the dog person's dating app. Search for us at Dig Dates on Instagram. Every dog you see on Instagram is available for adoption from Jefferson Parish SPCA. So make sure you check that out, too. Hi, very good. And Alice McConnell, thank you so much for being here as well. Thanks for having me. All right, you all. That's it. Andrew, thanks for coming back. Dude, good to see you. We'll catch you soon, hopefully, on the North American swing. That's right. Back through New Orleans. That's Andrew Duhon. The producer of our show is Graham DePonte. Our associate producer is Alison Moon. Christian Owner is our music director. And Monique Pyle is our associate music director. Thomas Walsh is our technical director. And our Facebook Live feed director. We put this whole thing on Facebook Live is Asher Griffith. Andrew Searock. Searock is our fact checker and social media connector. Our theme music was written by and is currently being played by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on our show and you can drink alcohol and sit upright for about 60 minutes, drop us a line. Our address is on our website. It's newwarmers.com. You can also check out many other hours of happy hour we made previously along with some other shows we make here as well. Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti, live from Commander's Palace, Louisiana Eats with Poppy Tucker, and our award-winning podcast about death called Death the Podcast. You can also find other great Louisiana podcasts. It's acadiana.com and it's batonrouge.la. You can keep up with us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and a bunch of other time-sucking social media as well. And all of it, we're called It's New Orleans, and you can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and on our Facebook page, 
It's called It's New Orleans, our Facebook page. The photos are taken today by Jill LaFleur. You can find more photos and info about Jill at LaFleurphoto.com. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast app, thank you for subscribing to us. That's very kind of you. Take a moment, if you've got one, to rate and review us. That helps other people find us. Our show is recorded live today at Wayfair on Ferret Street in Uptown New Orleans. Happy Hours, a production of Iono Broadcasting. For itsneworleans.com, for Andrew Duhon, who's back in town for a moment, and everyone else around the table here at Wayfair and back at our office at Iono Broadcasting. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been Happy Hour for another week. I'm Grant Morris. I'll see you back here next week. No, I won't. Next week is the 4th of July. We're taking a week off. Can you believe it? Wow. We'll be back here the week after that for more Happy Hour. See you then.